0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Everybody's Wednesday evening is going good Welcome into another episode of Cats Talk Wednesday Benny Hardy, hey T.B. Brown Trying to stay safe and healthy as we bring another show to y'all How's everything going, T.B.? Going good,
2: I'm still hunkered down with uh, Mama B here in Louisville we're, we're doing good, we've been getting along this week uh, She hasn't called me ashy she hasn't threatened to put me out, but she has given me a chore list. So I've been doing that.
1: I can't wait to talk about that. We're going to have a fun show for y'all. Uh, you know, we got some guys going to the draft, got some guys staying. The, to me, there's some news that trumps all of that, and I know we'll get to that as well. Uh, and at 6.30 we got Jack Pilgrim from KSR popping in. I know you've been on several shows with him. Everybody knows Jack, and most of BBN knows uh, and are already familiar with him. So looking forward to talking with Jack. Uh, he gets into recruiting more than we do, got all that knowledge. Uh, so look forward to chopping it up with Jack Pilgrim here in a few minutes. Um, like you just said, the, the, the chore list, I, I got a, a question about that, um, I saw the tweet. I was a little. I think I was a little bit late seeing it compared to everybody else. But uh, saw the tweet about the sunroom, and and my question now, because you mentioned the chore list, are are you posted up in that glistening, shimmering, sparkling, immaculate, eat off the floor, clean sunroom now as we do the show? Or are you are you in a different location?
2: No, I'm in I'm in the sunroom right now. My
1: parents. Uh. They moved into
2: this patio home uh, 17 years ago. They moved out of the house I grew up in and uh, because it had stairs. and My parents were getting a little bit older. My dad said he didn't want stairs, didn't want a yard. So they moved in this patio home and built this sunroom uh, as an extra room. And my dad was the spare no expense kind of guy. Like if he was going to do something, he was going to do something. So the foundation is like double thick on the concrete slab. It's indoor, outdoor, uh, carpeting throughout. I'll put some pics up. Uh, We've got a heater slash air conditioner, so it's temperature controlled. It's got blinds. We can open up the windows. Uh, The funniest thing was, uh, just about 17 years, and we just realized the screen's open, so it can be a fully like open port kind of deal. So it's, it's very nice. This is where my dad would have his coffee in the morning. He would come out and he would read his paper and drink his coffee, you know, once he was retired. This was the playroom for my girls. All their toys and stuff was, was in this room. I had to put some pictures of my dad messing around with big miss and little miss when they were they were younger. Uh so yeah, this is kind of the, the the do everything room. Uh the best part is in the uh, development where my parents are, the, the sunroom overlooks everything. So you can see everything, everybody going and coming out of this whole area from my parents' sunroom. And my dad, being the retired police officer, he was thoroughly enjoyed knowing who was going and coming <laughs> throughout the whole subdivision. So this is where I've been posted up. Uh, for a lot of times, so i I've enjoyed it.
1: Yeah, that was, yeah, I was, I was going to clarify that too, because I thought I heard it wrong. He was able to get not just the comings and goings of the house, but the comings and goings of the neighborhood. He had, oh, yeah, he had parameters on everybody. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, yeah, 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 he, you know,
1: once, once once, a cop,
2: always a cop. He always kept that watchful eye going. So uh, it's a great space. And, uh, you know, we hadn't used it a whole lot since my dad passed. Because this was, I mean, honestly, this was his area. Rain, uh, cold, summer, winter, you name it. With it being temperature controlled, he was in here an awful lot just sitting and looking. And there's trees and bushes and different things like that. So this was his spot. We kind of hadn't used it a whole lot, so I've been diving into it and coming out here, uh, watching. I've been watching different things on my computer. There's a little TV out here, but I've been watching. Uh, now that WWE.com has that, had that free promotion going on, I've been watching old WrestleManias. I've watched a lot of the uh, uh, Steve Austin. I think they call it the Broken Skull Sessions where he's interviewing a bunch of folks. So I've been going back to uh, the wrestling back when I was a kid. So I've been doing a lot of that uh, and hanging out here a little bit.
1: Hey, sounds good. My next question now that you know, if, if I had a drum roll button, I would hit it. Did I don't know if it was a spring cleaning? Did it did it pass inspection? I, I saw you tweet out a picture of Mama B overseeing things. Was the cleaning up to her standards? Because that's the end all be all question. Uh, you said man, you off the floor, you said it was clean, you said it was immaculate. But look, what you think, let's be honest, it don't matter. Was that the Mama B standards? That's the question.
2: <laughs> and, and the answer is yes. You know, uh, here I am, uh, 42 years old, looking at 43. Uh, here in a few months, good Lord will it. And I've got a chore list. And not only do I have a chore list, but I, uh, you know, she she's checking out. Like, you know, no TV uh, until you get your chores done. Uh, you know, she said, you don't want to see me on that computer until I get my chores done. So, it's right back, you know, is it 2020 or is it 1990? I got to, you know, I can't uh, get on my Nintendo <laughs> Until yeah. <laughs> I get my chores done, and that's the funny thing about that, right the Nintendo I don't care whose mom it was growing up black, white, Asian, hispanic, whatever, every mom and I don't care how many degrees your mom got or ain't got every mom said, "You mess around with that Nintendo, yeah, <laughs> you
1: mess around with <laughs> that Nintendo,
0: man,
2: I know. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I, you know, I'm flashing right back, but I I got her though. Uh, one day this past week, they've got little communal mailbox things uh, where the where the mail gets delivered. She walked out and she saw one of her friends and they were talking. And I stepped out and I said, Hey, hey, hey! I don't want you talking to your friends out here. You got to get inside. You know, dinner's almost ready. You got to get inside here talking to your friends. So we've kind of flipped it a little bit. <laughs>
1: That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh so licking when you can.
2: <laughs> oh yeah, but you know, yeah, I'm not gonna go I'm not gonna go too far because I don't know if you saw this, I put out here maybe maybe it's two weeks, it was, maybe it's two weeks, maybe three. But if your mother ever says to you, Do you think you're grown? The answer is always <laughs> no. <laughs> like it's a, it's it's no ma'am and it's quick with it. Like, you can't hesitate. So, my personal, uh, uh, <laughs> my little advice for you if your mother says, Oh, you think you're grown? It's no, ma'am. And it's just like that. You got to yeah, hit it just I'm right. Sure. Yeah. You can't hesitate yeah. because then she say, Because you ain't grown for real. Right. So, I, you know, I, there's been some adjustment. <laughs> there's been a little yeah. bit of adjustment to come back under uh, mama's wing. But it's been great. I've been eating good. Uh, we got our system going. I, I do the grocery uh, once a week, get up early, in, out. She comes, she cooks it up. I mean, I've had some great breakfast. She's done biscuits with sausage links, sausage patties. We've had bacon. Uh, that's just the breakfast side. Uh, I mean, what do we have? The other night, we had some pork steaks, uh, we've had pork chops. We've had regular steak, hamburgers, spaghetti, uh meatloaf. I mean Mama B been she's been killing it. She's just been absolutely nice. killing it. So uh oh. if you gotta be quarantined someplace, there are worse places to be than at Mama's house. <laughs> hey, yo. So I've been doing
1: good. Oh, that's good. That's good. Oh it's just taking it one day at a time, that's all you can do. Um uh, trying to stay safe and healthy, you know, <laughs> not to dwell on too much, but each state kinda reacts and acts differently and <laughs> the state I'm in may have been a little slower than some of these other ones. And we've heard the governor say don't come down here unless you have to. So that's that's he's not lying. So you gotta just kinda be careful and, and hunker down. Like you said, get in, get out. And that's that's what everybody's trying to do. Uh, on a day to day basis. So glad everybody's doing good on your end, doing the same thing down here as well. Yeah, and you know, and take care of each other. Look, we're all
2: going through some, we're, everybody's going through it. This is one of those things I think, you know, I'm an advocate for mental health. And you have to understand we're all in the same boat. This is one of those rare situations where it's like, okay, we see a hurricane in Florida. And we kind of, you know, we we feel empathetic a little bit, and we kind of rush and we do that. And we've seen hurricanes uh, come through uh, Louisiana, New Orleans, obviously Katrina. We've heard earthquakes and this, that. This is something, this is coast to coast. It's worldwide. And you have to take care of yourself. You have to take care of each other. And I've seen more of that than I have seen people acting a fool, you know, going to the grocery. I've seen more people doing the right kinds of things then I've seen people be foolish. So I always err on the sides of hey, most people in their heart of hearts are good people and I've seen a lot of that uh you know in, in this in this situation.
1: Absolutely. And for the record I'm gonna I'm gonna try to see if I can zoom this thing. Uh Throw out that information here in just a second if anybody wants to pop in because, you know, Zoom is the flavor of the week. Everybody's Zooming. Uh, See if anybody wants to do it. See if I can even do it, you know, me and my history of technical difficulties. But to your point, uh, a lot of what you said, we we saw, what, three weeks ago, you know, when when sports were kind of shutting down. Uh, the NBA shut down when Rudy Gobert, you know, was diagnosed with coronavirus and, and then the tournaments and, you know, various conference tournaments and all that. But you saw, and, we, you know, different players, even ahead of the teams, players started trying to take care of arena workers. You know, Kevin Love making a donation, Giannis making a donation, Zion trying to do different things. Trying to take care of people who worked at the arena whose job just boom gone, because they, you know, you think you got 41 home games, and if you got a team in the playoffs, you got those games too, and now you don't. So those guys were stepping up, helping them. Uh, There is good there. The world is really, really bad a lot of times, and that dominates the news, but you saw, you know, those good deeds try to be done uh, when this thing first hit a few weeks ago, and it's been continuing in a
2: lot of places. Yeah, so this is kind of a soapbox for me as well. I am – it is great that, that Giannis and and, and, and and the players are doing something. Kevin Love, all those guys that you mentioned, and even Zion Williamson. My issue has is been side of Mark Cuban. And Mark Cuban was on this train pretty much as soon as Rudy Gilbert was, you know, because that NBA train, you know, we talked about it before how that story, you know, within 24 hours, it was like every 30 minutes, you know, it was updated. If you stepped away from the TV or whatnot, that story was kind of building steam. But Mark Cuban was one of the first owners. And for a while, seemed like to be the only owner, that was really stepping up, and again, I'm saying uh, that uh, I'm glad they're doing that, and they're millionaires, and I understand all that kind of stuff. But I, I was all, I was waiting for the the team, the team owners, the billionaires to to step up, because I understand that these are private businesses. A lot of times. But a lot of public money goes to support those businesses. The fundings for the arenas when they're built, a lot of those are public funds. You know, there's tax breaks involved. There's tax incentives. There's all that kind of stuff. So I was thinking in my mind I would like to see the teams, you know, particularly uh, Major League Baseball, NHL, and uh, the NBA, do a little bit more I'm glad they're doing something now but a lot of those teams play in arenas that are that are built with public funds and I thought there should have been a little bit more uh, from the billionaires on the sports world side versus just the, the millionaires but I know that since, since then there's been more things that have kind of flown out from that but uh, I would have seen like to see a little bit more from the uh, from the owners on on that end. But I know Robert Kraft has had a delivery of of PPE, and I believe your boy Jerry has done uh, some things down there. So I'm glad, but it just seemed like you know we had to kick the kick the the really rich people a little bit before them to to get going. But again, for the most part, we're all in this together.
1: So I'm really glad
2: uh, about that.
1: Yeah, for sure, For sure. I think I am in here zooming. Uh, if anybody listening wants to do it, the, the ID is 539-516-694, password Katz talk capital C, capital T, cats, space, talk, and we'll see if anybody pops in here, and, uh, you know, because everybody is Zooming, everybody is virtually gathering for work services, things of that nature. Zoom is the avenue about, well, let's just see if we can do it tonight and see what happens. So uh, I think it's still functioning. and if Y'all feel free to try to jump in there. Uh, 845-277-9373 is the number. So uh, give us a call at Cat's Talk Wednesday on Facebook and Twitter, as always. Vinnie Hardy, Terry TV Brown. Sunroom edition of Cat's Talk Wednesday is rolling right along. We got uh, Jack Pilgrim from KSR coming up at 6.30. going to be fun chopping it up with him. Uh, hadn't been on here before, but like I said, you've been on with him, Mike, on Round the Shot several times. Um, and I think y'all were Zooming and doing that thing way before Zoom became a necessity. So uh, looking forward to having Jack on to talk what little bit of sports we do have. Uh, the comings and goings on the roster, a little bit of recruiting, and to me the thing, like I said, when I was going to get on, the thing that trumped it, and we haven't even talked about it, but I think we might be on the same wavelength. Uh, Kirk Street came out, you know, a few weeks ago, and you know, thought there might not be a football season, and people were just up in arms and tore all the pieces of him, even. You know, uttering those words, and in my opinion, you know, people kind of came to grips with there not being any March Madness, NBA shutdown. Uh, we don't have a tournament. Uh, we this past Monday would have been the title game. Initially, it was well. This is inconveniencing me. Oh, I'm, I'm I'm not. You know, I I was already headed to Nashville. Now I got to cancel my room, and people kind of wow, this is serious, all right, got to come to grips with the fact there's no March Madness, and football is still way on down the road, and the possibility of it being threatened hadn't become a reality to anybody, and now we see all these things get postponed, all these things get canceled, all these events get pushed back, Derby coming up in the fall, Masters coming up in the fall, Olympics postponed for a full year, you name it, we all know what's happened. And now it's getting to, uh oh, you know, don't have students back on campus. Uh, now we're looking into maybe college football being threatened. And people had to rewrap their heads around that all over again. And some did so easier than others. But Kentucky has been, and we're not just saying it because we're from Kentucky, but they have been on top of handling COVID-19 as best as they can. Everybody watches the updates from the governor and sees how they try to flatten the curve and have been doing so for a long time. But when the Nutter Fieldhouse gets converted to where you can put hospital beds in there, that should kind of be a reality that, way hey, as much as we want football, we can't be Still getting upset that it might not happen or it it might get pushed back. The indoor practice facility is being converted to where it can be uh, hospital bed accessible. I I tweeted out what Drew Franklin put out from KSR, another KSR guy. You you hung out with him in Idaho, and we've all seen him at uh, at the press box, stuff like that. The video of all that was involved in converting the field house to where it would be ready for hospital beds and all the steps. And they weren't just cutting corners. They were really doing it to do it right. So that kind of, to me, tells you all you need to know that, you know, football, sure, it makes a lot of money, brings in a lot of revenue. We get it. We know about the budget. We get all that. But you got to get the general populace of health back first. Then maybe we can kind of, worry about getting that kind of stuff and, and, and here's the
2: thing and I think I said as soon as stuff started, started getting canceled I think I either said here or round the shots or somewhere I said we're going to have to understand the football season may not be able to be played and in, in March with football kicking off in uh, you know September that seems like hyperbole that is worst case scenario but here's the thing until there is a vaccine until there is a vaccine until there is a treatment that works you can't have gatherings of people like you just it, it, you mm-hmm. can't do it so I understand that the NBA like all these leagues hey they got to bring in money I, I I read something about the when it comes to NBA and we talk about those max contracts, those contracts are tied to the revenue of the league. The the salary cap is tied mm-hmm. to revenue. So as those leagues don't make revenue, particularly the guys at the top of the salary aren't gonna get they're not gonna get that money. And and you're looking at guys you know, you take a, a a year away from somebody. Yeah, you're not playing basketball, but a year away, everybody is a year older. Everything like that. That is that's big. So I get it. There's money when it looks at college football. College football funds everything. College football to be played. You're 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 not going to have any of the other sports except for men's basketball, even at Kentucky. If you look at the budget, it's football that drives the bus, right? It is football. Even like North Carolina, whose football team is terrible, it is football that drives the bus. That being said, as of right now in the foreseeable future, you've got about 120 guys on a football team. At you know being generous, you throw in coaches and support staff. That's 150 people. 150 people, 14 teams in the SEC, what is that? <laughs> right? 100 and what? 150 times 14, don't you say 150 times 14. Yes. Yeah, are, are you doing the math? 20, is it 2,100 or something? 21, 2,100 people. So even if you say everybody's going to play in their conference, right? That's 2,100 people at the bare Mm -hmm. minimum that you have to keep well. So you look at the baseball uh, plan they put out there about sequestering people. You can't separate 2,100 people, give or take, three or four months to play even a pruncated season if you can't do it because as we saw with rudy gobert one guy got sick and within 10 minutes someone did one of those charts and every team in the league had been affected all it takes <laughs> yeah. is one
1: well somebody and
2: for the nfl thing,
1: we're gonna i'm sorry go ahead I didn't mean to jump in. I just do you think I just heard Brett Dawson on with Tom Leach, and he said, "Imagine if 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 Rudy Gobert hadn't have been diagnosed, you were two weeks away from conference tournaments and and so many other events where it was gonna be mass gatherings, and how much more of the spread would have been through the roof if the NBA hadn't been shut down. Playoffs, conference tournaments, all these things are about exactly. to happen. Exactly. So as as bad as Rudy's was,
3: it was good that it happened
1: it could be so much worse right now. We're going to
2: look back, and Rudy, we got the jokes off on Rudy Gobert, because he kind of brought that on himself, but that was the turning point. Yeah. From that moment where you saw on Twitter Rudy Gobert has tested positive, like, things started happening faster than anything else I've ever seen as far as a news cycle. So, when you look at these sports leagues, look, I understand they have to make money. I get it. But, You can't talk about we need to throw a football when we've got nurses and doctors and hospital staff putting on garbage bags and going to work. When New York City has got plans to go into the parks to put people in shallow graves because that system is overwhelmed. Like, it is obscene to think, about throwing football well you know what about the economic side i get it but there's all these other small businesses around your city around your town that i think we need to focus on and revitalize before we get into football because we look at that 2100 that's just players and staff and coaches right that's not anything about making sure the arenas are ready making sure the fields are ready and even if you say we're not going to play in front of people you mean to tell me Alabama and Auburn is going to play a football game and nobody's going to try to go to the stadium is that what you're telling me (laughs) so now you've got to divert
4: resources
2: (laughs) to handle that right so now you've got 40,000 people trying to get into an arena and you've got to mobilize to fight that off. And until we have a system in place, we got it. testing is not where it needs to be. We're nowhere near a cure, we're nowhere near a vaccine. So I love football as much as the next person, but I don't think we can get in that headspace just yet. I understand we want to get back to what makes America great. But I tell you right now, if, if we start, if there's a play ball, if there's a first down Kentucky and we still have nurses and doctors using makeshift PE to protect themselves and we still have dead bodies piling up, shame on us. Shame on us. And I love sports as much as everybody else, but we, we have to get into a different headspace if we're going to move forward. So that's my another one of my talking points. I, I'm, I'm calmed down a little bit now. I do. Uh, I apologize,
1: but the TB that Ironbow is worth dying for. And and, Ironbow and, and is and worth I get it. It's worth the death,
2: <laughs> and, and, and I get it. But 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 stories of of, of folks passing away. Uh, one of my friends actually has it, and and he's recuperating in isolation and everything. He's doing fairly well, but this this is real. Like this this is this is not. A made up thing And so I I think I said last week And I've I've been saying this What we saw With everything being canceled Right in March The ripple effects Are going to be felt For years to come Right I mean when you look at the Olympics How does shifting the Olympics Back a year How does that offset You know World championships And this kind Like the sports world Is going to feel this For a while Right Like it is going to be an issue. We'll look back on 2020 being kind of, you know, throwing the rock into the pond and the ripples are still going to go outward. I honestly believe that.
1: Absolutely. We'll keep the conversation rolling. And we'll talk about some other UK topics as well. But right now, our guest is on, you can find his work on KSR. You can find his podcast, the Sources Say podcast as part of the, KSR Network. His name is Jack Pilgrim. You can follow him on Twitter at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Jack, man, welcome to the show. Appreciate you taking the time to hop on KSR Wednesday. How are you doing, man? I'm
5: good. How are you guys? Thanks for having me.
1: Yeah, man. We can't complain. Can't complain. Um, We're not huge recruiting guys, but we know you Keep up with it and follow it. So, how hard is it to be a recruiting analyst when there's like dead periods for all sports and not really recruiting going on?
5: <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, I've done a couple couple interviews and they and they've all asked, "What are you doing right now?" And I'm like, "Man, I I don't know. I really this is." This, Right now is when I'd be at my absolute busiest. Of course, I'd gone to the NCAA tournament stuff, but right now is when the you know McDonald's game, Jordan Brand Classic, um, you know the All Star events are going on. We're supposed to be going on right now, and then UBL starts, and all the you know Adidas and Under Armour and all those events. So yeah, it's just uh, it's uh, it's tough. Now I need to kind of get more creative and come up with some some other ideas with you know interviewing some of these guys over the phone via zoom skype however however i can get content out that's kind of that's kind of my uh my big thing right now but i'm i'm just as just as bored and looking for content as, as everybody else out there
1: yeah man it's it's just crazy uh i get to um one of those phone interviews well two of them i actually listened to them the other day so i asked you about those here in just a minute um but dog, i just T.B., I might have pointed you. My question just left my mind. Um, but I'll, I'll pivot real quick. We were talking about football coming up, and you probably you, you might have hopped on and caught the tail end of it. Look, as as bad as we want it, as bad as we want to see it, when you see Nutter Fieldhouse converted to accept beds, and Kentucky is mm-hmm. a state that has handled COVID as well as possible, that's just kind of mm-hmm. a reality check. You know, it's just like, whoa, whoa. When you, that kind of makes yeah. you kind of think, take a step back,
5: you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, seeing seeing them convert that to, to you know, getting all those hospital beds in there and just seeing how, how this kind of a collective effort with everybody, making sure everybody's staying in their houses and, and you know, trying to, you know, flatten this curve as much as possible. And I mean, it's been as rough as it is to not be able to watch sports and 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 you know follow it, cover it, you know, digest it the way we we usually do. Um, you know, I, I think our priorities have obviously shifted a little bit now. You know, sports are one thing. I'm I'm as much of a diehard sports fan as anybody else, but I'm also a fan of life and, and uh, making sure everybody around me is safe and healthy. And and you know, my loved ones are are you know still still right on top of it. So. Yeah, it's 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 definitely been a, an eye-opening experience how how much we've all prioritized just watching sports, being around it, and, and kind of the the initial couple days how we were all kind of doom and gloom, and how it, how that kind of that personality shift has kind of happened where we're all like, you know what, yeah, sports being without it sucks. We we all wish we could turn on NBA tonight or whatever's going on, and and as, as much as we want that, you know, now we're kind of thinking, you know, I want I want my grandmother at home to. To, to stay safe and healthy i want uh, my friends you know I, I, that that's kind of the biggest priority for all of us moving forward so um it's it's been it's been a it's been a shock it's been a massive change for for me in my personal life but you know it's it's one that i've i've kind of embraced
1: exactly um where i'm at is been deemed essential um and so I haven't really had time to miss it as much as I normally would if I'd been just at home the entire time, going through withdrawal, kind of like everybody else. That would make it a little bit <laughs> yep. tough. Um, but I kind of compared it to, and look, we're older than you. We can, we we already know that TB. We can't, you know, act like we're not older than Jack because we are. But <laughs> why, why can't <laughs> you be old by yourself? Why got Why you got to put me in it too? Why can't you just be old by you, why, just you? usually you always say it, but if, if we got to pull out birth certificates, we know you older than I am. So, I mean, let's, if we got to really go there, (laughs) but, uh, okay.
3: That's
2: it. That's
1: it. This reminds me though of 2001 because, and T V you know what I'm talking about. First of all, I got married in 2001, and for the honeymoon, we went to Cancun. And whenever we did flip on the TV, it was nothing but soccer. I mean, I'm I'm not a huge soccer guy. Soccer's cool. But you didn't know the league. You didn't know the teams. You didn't know anything <laughs> about it. So it was kind of like sports coming to a screeching halt. And this was in yeah. August of 2001. So a month later, we have 9-11. Sports comes to a screeching halt again. Things are postponed. You know, everything... Is uh screeching hot again, yeah. except the corona thing, the sports is coming to a halt, of course, for a much longer period of time. But it's in that regard, it kind of reminds me of that. Now, I don't know if that's hey, why well, y'all feel the same way, or what, right. but um, is that the because we're about to
0: take a title, a championship, we're together?
5: Yeah, yeah definitely.
1: To... How about you, CB? Because I look, you, you're a couple months older than me, so I know you remember 01.
5: Oh, oh, my fault,
1: dude. I'm sorry. Well.
2: You know, <laughs> you make me put my old man coat on my that smoking like, jacket. Yeah it's it's a it's a different space to be in, and I understand we still want to talk about things. I, I know the the sports, even though there's no games being played, there's still stuff to talk about on the recruiting end. So I was gonna, Jack, I was gonna just kind of pick your brain a little bit, you know, with Kentucky football building up some momentum.
4: You know, how does
2: this? And I, and I hate to sound so callous. How does this kind of stop that momentum that we had? Looking forward to the
5: twenty twenty season. Yeah, I mean, with, with with football in particular, you look at guys like Vince Merrow, You look at just what this what this what this coaching staff has kind of established. They've done. It's been family oriented. It's been all about. You know, I want you to come in here. I want you to feel how family oriented we are and kind of so you you feel like you're a part of of this this big group this collective you know you know like-minded individuals all chasing that same dream of making it to the SEC championship making it to you know keep pushing that 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 standard higher and higher with Kentucky football and with this gone yeah you can do as many FaceTimes and 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 Zoom video chats and Skypes and all that. I mean, we saw Vince Marrow the other day put that video out of of what, you know, what his headquarters, his recruiting headquarters kind of looks like. And it's like, yeah, it's, it's 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 all well and good and he's I'm sure he's thriving given the, you know, given what's been handed to him, but for a program like this, you need people on campus. You need to be able to to, for them to be around the recruits be or be around the, the current players, be around the coaching staff, see the environment of the locker room, see what a, what, what a normal game day atmosphere is like. That's kind of, you know, that's kind of what they've built these last several years of success on. And, you know, when you're a school like Alabama or a Clemson or all that, you they've been able to just go off name recognition. They've been able to go off just being a powerhouse program, but now, with with this, this is going to hurt programs like Kentucky, like the guys that are just trying to to take that next that next step as a as a as a unit, and and that that's that's going to be where I where I think it hurts. And I think right now is when coaches are going to have to get as creative as possible. They're going to need to you know pump out new new ideas, new types of, of content, new interactive ways to to make these recruits feel like they're a part of a family, like, like this is home for them. And I know they've done a fine job. I think they, they, you know, they picked up that quarterback commitment uh, just a couple of weeks ago. They, they, you know, the, the momentum's still there, but it's definitely not what it could be uh, if, if they were able to host these, these recruits in person. Yeah. And
1: that's the thing with uh, Vince Merrill getting in so early, uh, you know, instead of, you know, being like Alabama and, and, what they've earned the right to just step in at the last minute and pick and choose, you know, from other schools who worked and toiled and broken their backs to build those relationships. And hey, Alabama, we got a spot for you. And this situation, all that work they put in and build those relationships will will benefit them, since you know the big dogs can't just come and show up like they normally do.
5: Yeah, I mean it. it. Vince is a smooth talker. Mark Stoops is a smooth talker. They all are, but talking is one thing, and Nick Saban can do that too. Davo Sweeney, he, I'm sure he does well with recruiting. Their recruiting classes are still classes are still awesome. Like, you know, smooth talking is one thing, but but being able to get them on campus and actually show them with you know show them physically what you know what that kind of you know family atmosphere is and all that stuff. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. That's 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 where it's going where it's gonna be the biggest effect. I think. Shifting to
1: basketball, we, we got, we got Jack, on my bad TV. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Well,
2: I was just saying once uh, my concern is too, as uh, we kind of everybody really wants this coming football season to happen. And I do too, but Jack, I want to get your thoughts on since everything's kind of a, at a standstill. And typically when you're involved in a program, you know, it's a 12 month situation. There's like, there's, mm-hmm. there's when you're playing the game, but then there's the others. And with there being kind of nothing going on, my concern would be, okay, how do we get this back rolling again as far as getting the guys even ready to play? You know, there's no, you know, we're missing the spring game. There's no, you know, nobody's on campus doing anything. How long, you know, be on the outside looking in, how do you think teams just kind of get that inertia going Back just to even playing the actual games.
5: That that is that is the question of the hour, and I think if there's one positive takeaway with all of with with the fact that every, you know that things are just kind of come to a screeching halt, is that it's come to a screeching halt for everybody in the nation, not just one school in particular, everybody in the nation is going to be behind, you know, three, four, 10 steps behind. Um, but they're, you know, they're all going to be behind. So they're all going to have to kind of, when we, when the dust settles on this, when we're, when we finally get past this and they allow, um, you know, they allow in-person teams type stuff again, that's when, you know, they're going to have to hit the ground running and just kind of have, Right now, you know the Rob Strong of the world, the, the Mark Hills, all of the the strength and conditioning guys. They have to be super creative. I know that they've been posting stuff and, and sending recruits, or not recruits, but the current players. Um, you know, videos on on staying healthy, staying. You know how to. Um, you know if if they don't have weight, weights or or other exercise equipment at their houses, how to compensate for that and, and stay in as relative game shape as possible while we wait this thing out. And I think that's where, that's where they're going to be making their money right now is, is trying to keep them just, you know, afloat while they figure out some of this other stuff. And, you know, I think they're going to need to be as creative as possible. And, and, and when the dust, when we finally get past all of this, um, to have a plan set in place for them to say, okay, we're, we're right on campus,'re I know we're two two, three, four months, however long this will last, we're that far behind. We got to figure out how to compensate for that and expedite this process to get us ready for um, you know get us ready for, for fall or whenever football season is or whatever basketball season. You know it, it's all so so much up in the air, but you know they just got to do do what they can to just kind of put themselves in position to be ready whenever that, that phone call does come and says, all right, we're, we're, we're finally able to, to get these guys back on campus.
1: And switching to basketball real quick, you got, you know, the announcements coming, you know, Higgins, um, Maxi already making that decision to go ahead and go pro. EJ, Nick, Quick, um, how do you think it's going to play out for those three? And then we'll get to some of the dudes that you have talked to that are coming in.
5: Um, unfortunately, I, if I were to make a prediction today, I'd say that all the, the, all three of them leave. Um, so I was actually told before the season started that pretty much no matter how this season went, EJ was going to, was going to leave that when he made the decision to come back, because he was very, very close to leaving last year, that when he made the decision to come back, that it was a one year decision. He was, he was he was leaving no matter how this this year um, this year went um, the only reason why I even got kind of sort of optimistic about it is because he was able to see the growth from Nick Richards and and kind of what he was able to do as a junior and then the staff kind of felt like okay we were able to to show and and kind of give Nick Richards that 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 showcase of, okay, we can have the ball run through you. This can be your, you can be the anchor of the front court. And the staff kind of thought there for a while, like, man, we could, EJ got to see what that would be like. And he's intrigued. And and as far as I know, uh, I think that was definitely something that that he liked and he was very interested in. But I think, um, you know, being, being back at home, being with his family, I think the, uh, the, I want to, I want to explore my professional options and, and, potentially take that next step. I think those those thoughts have kind of crept back in for him. So, I I'd, I I still think it is probably about a fit about as close to a 50/50 as you can get just because of how low his draft stock is right now the, the teams uh, I talked to some people that that know even overseas you know overseas professional basketball and, and they're not even all that high on him right now so the, it, it it would definitely be a process and it, it would be, he would have to stay in the G League either go overseas I mean it would not be a go straight to the NBA type thing for him so he just has to kind of make that decision am I ready to fight that that battle every single day of being at the g league being overseas in an uncomfortable environment to kind of carve out my own role and, and work hard enough to make it to the nba or do i want to give it one more shot in, in at, at kentucky um if i were to make a prediction right now i'd say that that he ends up leaving i think quickly kind of fell in love with that idea of, man i could come back and be a superstar as a junior, but. Um, I also talked to somebody a couple weeks ago before you know right in the middle of when when all that optimism was was there about him potentially coming back that said he wouldn't be surprised if he if he even falls in as late as as early as the late first round and that was, that was right when everybody was saying that he was in that 50 to potentially undrafted range so when when people are throwing around first round with with quickly that, that I mean there's there's no reason for him to come back if if that's the case with him and um, Nick he's one of those guys that he's worked so hard he's he's built his brand up from being a you know mostly unplayable as a freshman to you know not much of a difference maker maker as a sophomore to an SEC Player of the Year contender um, you know anchor of the front court so I think when it comes down to it all three will end up leaving even though. Um, it, it sucks because the UK is going to have to replace them with with some some other big name guys. But um, it's I, I think when it comes down to it, all three will end up leaving.
1: Now you said we got Jack Pilgrim on from KSR, host of the Sources Say podcast and BBN. If y'all don't know about him, where y'all been? But <laughs> you said in your in your estimation fifty fifty for EJ as of right now, kind of on the fence about what he wants to do. If you had to lay odds right now, if he were to come back, what odds would you give him of having a Nick Richards-esque junior year if he did decide to come back, if you had to just put odds on it
5: right now? Man, I, I am very, very high on him. I think I tweeted out, Three, four games less in a season, or something like that. That he does so many little things that you don't think about—the diving on the floor for loose balls, grabbing tough rebounds. You know, he—he he has been doing a lot of the the nitty-gritty, dirty work um, for the last, you know, the, the last half of the year. I thought he was he was one of the best players on the team for stuff like that. We've been waiting mm-hmm. for just that. Okay, you, we know we can. We know you can do that now. How about just? Getting cleanup buckets. How about how about putting up you know ten, twelve, fifteen type point you know points on a regular basis instead of one every ten games, something like that. Um, and I think that would be the you know we know that we can get positive production out of him. And at the very at the very least, we know if EJ were to come back that that we would get that. And that's that that that's so so valuable for 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 a team to have a player like that. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm very high on him. I think now that he kind of has has established himself in in that comfort of okay, I can do all the little things. Now I just need to kind of turn that into you know consistent you know production. And I think I think now that he was able to see what Nick Richards did and and kind of turn a doing some of the little dirty work into a, okay, I'm the anchor of the front court. Run the ball through me. I got this. I think EJ could have definitely done that. I would say, you know, 75%, 80% chance that if if he did, that he would be a, um, you know, a Nick Richards-level guy from a uh, productivity standpoint.
1: TV, man, hop in if I've been
2: yakking too much for him. No, I I want to ask Jack because we're going to talk about some of the guys coming in, but we're at year – we just finished year 11 of Coach Cal. And, and Jack, you're on uh, the the Twitter sphere and Big Blue Nation Twitter like we are. At what point, and I know this is a big ask of the Big Blue Nation, at what point do we just take a collective breath and say, "Cal's going to figure this out. Like, we got people going. We got people coming. But at what point are we going to say, you know, because nobody, I shouldn't say nobody, but people weren't high on this past team at the beginning of the year, and then Evansville happened and then Mm -hmm. three months later, you know, had we had this tournament, I'm like you. I was high on EJ. I was high on everybody. I thought Hagen's could have been that difference maker. He came back. I'm thinking at least Final Four with these guys. So at what point do we just kind of say, you know what, there's all this other stuff in the world to worry about. Whether or not John Calipari fields a competitive basketball team shouldn't be a worry. Like, (laughs) at what point do we just – or is that just that's what makes the of the BBU?
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm telling you, I I think fans should have learned to trust him. Oh, I don't know, six years ago, seven years ago, <laughs> ten years ago. I mean, I think I think we're past that point. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think the most telling the t- most telling thing with him was on Monday night when he went on that Facebook Live uh, thing. Somebody asked him. Um, what you know, what what are your thoughts? How nervous are you gonna be if Kentucky loses out on all five starters? And he goes, We're going to be Kentucky. We are going to be fine. And and, and when he when he said that, even some of because, you know, I'm sitting here thinking, Oh man, Kentucky's not getting great ground. They're not you know, be, you know, they're not favored for any of the major grad transfer I know you know, Matt Harms that Purdue transfer, I know that's that's a big name right now. But before all of that stuff wasn't leading for any grad transfers. They weren't leading for any big-name recruits. None of the reclass guys were thinking about reclassing anymore, and if they were, it wasn't going to be the Kentucky. So I was even kind of sitting there thinking, though, oh, man, They if they lose out on, on EJ and Emmanuel quickly to the draft, I don't know who they're going to replace him with, and I don't trust And and, and when he can – he used that quote on Monday night where he was like, we're Kentucky, we're going to be fine. He was like, yep, here I am being stupid again, not trusting the guy that is, has, you know, <laughs> taking this Kentucky program to where it is right now. I'm going to uh, shut up and let him get back to work. because You know, at the end of the day, it's going to, you know, Kentucky's always going to be Kentucky, and he will field a team that's going to be competitive. Whether, you know, as nervous as we are right now, we, we know at the end of the day, Kentucky's going to be okay.
2: Yeah, and, and he said that when we talk about, you know, is the NBA going to change the one and done? And he's had that same exact quote. Like, whatever the situation is, Kentucky is going to be Kentucky. And, 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 Jack, I'm here in the belly of the beast here in Louisville, and I talk to my Louisville friends all the time. And for some reason, everybody likes to think that Kentucky basketball starts either with Coach Cal or with Rick Pitino. And the point I've always made and I'm sorry to rant a little bit, whatever the ruling is, whatever the setup is in college basketball, Kentucky has always been Kentucky. When basketball mm-hmm. was segregated, we were Kentucky. When, you know, yep. the, the, you know, the three-point line came in, we were Kentucky. When yep. it was, okay, we're going to load up with three- and four-year guys, we were Kentucky. One and done, we were Kentucky. Like, no matter what the end thing is in college basketball, it's Kentucky. And yes. I just get frustrated when I see these fans like, "Woe is us, woe is me." And Benny, I'm not going to do like I did last week, but I'm just tired of these fans like, "Oh man, you know, Kentucky basketball makes me drink." Are you serious? Yeah.
4: Like, like
2: if Kentucky <laughs> basketball doesn't make you happy, nothing will make you happy. I, I don't understand this, and we're looking at the r- 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 rankings of these recruits like, "Oh man." We missed out of this guy. Like, we've missed out on big-name recruits before, and we have been fine.
5: So uh, that well, that's what they're says, saying about this, to, about this team. Yeah, about this yeah. recruiting class. That's what. That's exactly what they're saying. Oh, well, Kentucky's going to miss – they missed out on Kate Cunningham. Oh, Kentucky, they're going to miss out on, on Greg Brown and Jalen Johnson. You know, they're going down the list. And it's like UK has two of the top five recruits in the nation, the number – you know, six – you know, five, five star signees, one, you know, major four star signee, number one recruiting class in the nation. Like how, how can, how can we be in position to complain and do, yeah, do the woe is me type thing when it's like, you do realize what, what UK has coming in. Yeah. They still have some spot, you know, spot, you know, rotation guys to fill and, 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 you know, figure out the rest of this roster, but the foundation is set. They, it's not like UK is missing out on some, you know, major, major piece. They're just kind to figure out, you know, fill in some of the gaps. It, 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 yeah, you're, you're exactly right. It, it just, it just
2: rubs me the wrong way because I just – like, I understand the, the gloom and doom side of – like, I understand, look, is Coach Cal perfect? No. He's gonna, there's going to be plays. There's going to be things he does. I'm like, okay, that's head scratcher. But overall, how can you not like what's going on? I I yeah. I I know I'm preaching to the choir there, but
5: but you you <laughs> kind of alluded
2: to our next question of you know this team even kind of as is will still be pretty good next year. You know I know there's still pieces to add, but there's still whenever next year is there's still some some encouragement. You know those plucky underdog Wildcats can somehow find a way you know to get it done.
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean you look at the 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 big two. I mean BJ Boston and Terrence Clark. Have the potential to be the next uh, De'Aaron Fox, Malik Monk type duo, Jamal Murray, Tyler Eulis You know, the the two headlining names. They have the next. They have the potential to be those that level of, of player. When you have those two type of guys, I mean, yeah, the you know the Tyler Eulis team was what it was with with the front court that it has and 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 all that. But if they had one you know one significant front court front court piece, I I would argue that that team was had Final Four written all over it. Um, you know, so with this team, when you have the two big, the two big names in BJ Boston, who I think is going to be a superstar for Kentucky, Terrence Clark, who is about as versatile as you can get, you can put him, you know, let him run the point guard, you can let him run the two, the three. I mean, he's six foot seven and has ball handling skills like like a, a true point guard. I mean, I kind of think he's going to have a, a Tyreek Evans type role for for Calipari next year. So when you have two headlining guys like that. It's just about filling in the other pieces. Isaiah Jackson, I think, is is one of those underrated bigs in the nation. Everybody I've talked to says Lance Ware. I mean, I watched him in person. He he just absolutely dominated against Evan Mobley, who everybody and in, in, in their mother thinks is the best big man in, in the class of 2020. So you go you go down the list of of Kentucky's recruiting class. Cal signed every single one of these kids for a reason, and they're all you know they all fit together really well. Kind of all like minded guys with you know gritty tough mind you know tough minded tough, you know hard nosed type type kids they all they all, all share that mindset and that, that same personality this is going to be a good Kentucky basketball team now they will need a couple other pieces to be great especially if EJ and, and Emmanuel but the foundation is set so i, I don't know why, why the doom and gloom is there right now at all
2: well cuz it's Kentucky fan but <laughs> you know, I, but what you're saying, we're going to have some guys that can go get you a bucket. Like, I've been watching a lot of these old, and I'm saying old, all these you know Cal-era games uh, they've been showing on you know CBS Sports, and I've watched a yeah. lot on YouTube. And when Cal's got at least one guy that you can just spread the floor and he can go get you a bucket, that's when Cal, his staff, they, they get to be like mad scientists and kind of, that's when op- everything opens up. Like, once Cal decided this past season, okay, quickly can go get us a bucket, and and and, yep. and so could Max But quickly is that guy, like, you've got to – somebody's got to be in his space the whole time. That opens everything up, and we saw that, you know, with the Harrisons who, you know, people that follow me know I love me some Harrisons. But you can see that with Darren <laughs> Fox, who I thought was the best player in the country the last two months yeah. of that season uh, – when Kentucky's got that kind of player, it opens, it makes everything easy. I know it's easier said than done, but if you tell me, Hey, we got some guys that can do that. Hey, I'm cool, man. Like, I'm gonna watch some Gilligan's Island reruns and just relax while this is going on. There's other things to stress about. Yeah,
5: I'm telling you. I thought I thought Terrence Clark was gonna be that guy. I mean, I, I'm still very. I mean, he's a top five kid in, in the nation for a reason. Um, you know, he's he's going. He's a professional bucket getter as well. But B.J. Boston, I'm telling you, I was I, I saw him play AAU two years ago, a year and a half ago or so, and I was I liked him. I liked his game a lot. But I thought he was way too thin. I thought he he wasn't going to be able to finish at the rim the way um, you know against SEC tight you know elite length, elite size in the SEC. I, I had my I had my worries. But when when he got to Sierra Canyon this last year, a dealt with the media circus with all of that. I mean, the the fact that he has gone there and thrived with with Bronny and Zare and Wade and just kind of the mass chaos that is oh. Sierra Canyon. How he's he's able to go there and dominate, become a, a, a consensus first-team All-American at the high school level. And that w- what has kind of worked in his favor is, that, is Sierra Canyon didn't have a true point guard on their team. They kind of spent the whole year just kind of having a makeshift starting point guard. Amari, ba- Amari Bailey was, was – a lead guard at times, but a lot of times BJ Boston was kind of thrown into that role and said, all right, you're the only true ball handler we could we could throw out there right now, run point for us. So he was able to expand his game even more. I thought he was able to play two through four and, you know, being a smooth ball four at times, but he's expanded his game where if, if Kentucky needs, him to bring the ball to the floor as, as the, as the one kind of run the offense for at least spot minutes. He's a guy that can get that for you. He's a true one through four type guy. Um, he, obviously he thrives at the two and three, but he can, he can make things work at, at the one and four as well. But he is a guy that is going to go out there. And I and I promise you, he's a 15 point per game plus. So, I mean, he could, he could be a 20 plus point per game score if he, if he really wants to, he is that level I'm going to go out there and get, you know, put some points on the board, yeah, Terry. I'm telling you that, that you, you want you want a, a, a true bucket getter. That's your guy.
2: And and like I said, I've been watching Damn. a lot of those old, and I'm saying old, relatively speaking, you know, of guys that can just when when you've got somebody that can just beat his man off the dribble. Like if you remember quickly, the LSU game, there was that stretch like LSU had nobody that could stay in front of quickly, and mm-hmm. that really opened things up. But one quick question, You're recruiting guy, watching these high school guys, my, my thought is how do you watch a, a high school kid and kind of what is it that you're looking for from a high school kid to say, okay, he's doing X now, but he could be doing Y, you know, at Kentucky. Like, because w- we see a lot of these guys, they're seven foot, you know, 6'10", seven foot, and they can put up 20 points a game in high school simply because they're mm-hmm. just seven foot tall or simply because they're bigger, faster, stronger, what are the things that you're looking at at that level that that, that you say to yourself, okay, that can translate to the next level?
5: Well, I, I have a story that fits that scenario actually perfectly. I was watching a peach van this last year. Um, Devin Askew was a – Um, You know, Kentucky had been flirting with him a little bit. He had kind of established, Kentucky's kind of, they had established itself as uh, a contender in his recruitment, but he was still kind of set on 2021. You know, it was one of those, yeah, we're, you know, we're putting our feelers out right now, but it's going to be one of those off the distance type guys. Um, so I, he he wasn't even on my main radar. I was he he played on team why not with Jalen Green when Jalen Green was was arguably Kentucky's top recruiting target in the nation. So I was sitting there watching watching that game. Joel Justice was there. Coach Cal Penny Payne. I think UK was three D three D for that game. And I was sitting there watching the game for uh, for Jalen and Devin Askew. I saw him. He he missed three threes in a row. And he went right back down the court. The fourth, fourth possession had an, another wide open look, and he stepped into that shot, drilled it. And it was one of those. It was one of those moments where it was like, okay, a lot of guys in that instance would catch that ball and go, uh, not yet. I need, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let somebody else take this because I'm, I'm, you know, they, they shy away from that moment. And Devin, you know, he, he caught that thing, shot it immediately without even thinking twice, drilled it, and got him fired right back up, and he turned that into, you know, 10, 12-point run of his own. He started scoring, scoring like crazy. So, I, you know, I kind of watch little things like that, That you know, that confidence, that fiery personality. What do you bring defensively? What are You know, some, some of the things instead of just pure shooting, pure how, you know, who's the best dunker on the floor, you know, the little things like that where a lot of recruits, you know, you can put up 20, 25, 30 against, you know, no-name schools and and look good on highlights, but what about those little tiny things like your confidence, your, you know, your intensity when things aren't going well and, and, you know, how you're building your teammates up, stuff like that. And, you know, I saw that with Devin and I actually talked to to Joel Justice a little bit after that. Um, And I was like, man, that was something that, that that was that was a play that kind of stuck out to me. He was like, dude, I saw that exact same. I, I saw that exact same thing that that you were looking at. That was a that was kind of a okay. This is we're dealing with that with that level kid, not just another twenty point per game scorer. that you know, is a you know, it, it, it was there are little things like that that you can look at and go, you know, what I think this kid might be might be ready for a big stage like Kentucky.
2: And like Last year, we year, we ain't for everybody. <laughs>
5: That's it.
1: And last year, just you know, especially the first part of the season, you know, the first third of the season, first half of the season, you know, the the phrase, you know, Cal kept uttering, you know, fight, more fight, fight, gotta have fight, need fight, fight, yep. fight. Your episode on the Source of State podcast where you just mentioned Devin Askew you and you had him on and his dad on and based on the, how well you know him and have covered him, lack of fight, is that going to be a problem for this kid? <laughs> with Devin
5: ask you, I promise you, I promise you not. So here's my thing here's my thing with Devin. And I've told this to, I when I went up to the Hoop Hall Classic in, in junior I talked to his dad and they are very, very realistic about who Devin is and, and all that. You know, they know he's not the best point guard in the nation. They know he's not the quickest. They know he's not the most athletic. He's not gonna go dunk on anybody. He's not that kind of player. But you don't have to be that kind of player to be a championship-level player, and that's why Devin Askew is – why the Kentucky coaching staff is so high on him. He's going to be a guy that he's going to get punched in the mouth. He's going to get crossed up. He's going to get dunked on. He's going to give up on, on, on a defensive play. I promise you there are going to be frustrations with Devin Askew next year at Kentucky, but watch his response after those adversities. We'll look at how he responds to those frustrating moments and and. and and the, the things that kind of get, get him knocked down, that's what separates him at this next level. He's a guy that, that you know, Cade Cunningham, I I, I even had this, this example with, with his dad. Um, Cade Cunningham is the best, the best point guard in the nation. But I would, you know, I, I would obviously take Cade any day, all day, you know, all day, any day. But when you get a championship-level guy – like Devin Askew, it makes losing guys like Kate Cunningham hurt less. That was one of those things that, that the way Cal went all in on, on Kate and, and tried recruiting him to, to Kentucky that last month or two before he, he ended up um, at Oklahoma State it was one of those situations that he was able to do that because he knew he had Devin Askew in his back pocket. He knew that he had a winning mentality. You know, he could go get the flashy, try to go get the flashy guy because he knew he had that that winner in his back pocket. That no matter how things ended up, he knew he's going to get a guy that can win a basketball game. So that's that's why I am I am absolutely thrilled with with Devin Askew and. and what he's going to bring to the table at Kentucky. Like I said, he's not going to be a 20 point per game scorer. He's never going to be a a superstar at, at Kentucky. I don't think, but he's going to be a guy that can help you win a national championship. And that's, that's what fans want. I mean, that's, that's literally the big, the big moment why Calipari recruits who he does. They, you know, guys that, that can help you win a national championship. And, and because of his fight, because of his intensity and, and what he brings in that aspect, that's, that, that's why I, I'm I'm going to take Devin Askew on my team 10 times out of 10.
1: And listening to that episode, and then you, you know, you transcripted the article, you know, for KSR on the website too, just how comfortable they were talking to you, him and, the, you interviewed him and his dad separate, both of them just, you know, hey, Jack, how you doing? That says a lot about you, you know, to build that rapport with them that, you know, the no resistance, no who is this dude, what does he want. They're completely comfortable just chopping it up with you uh, individually. So that was good. That was cool how that came across. And then you straight up ask them because this was right in the wake of, um, wow, Oh, my gosh. We just had to transfer going back to the West Coast. The kids uh, just left. Johnny? And it was, yes, Johnny Juzang transferred. And then, you know, like to y'all's point earlier, TB, you know, the panic. Uh, Kyle Wiltshire. Uh, you know, all these guys go back out West. They don't. They just, they, you know, Jamal Baker, you know, Marcus Lee. And, you know, now Johnny. And so the whole sky's falling with the West Coast guys again, but you straight up ask him. You mentioned all the dudes that just transferred. You mentioned Johnny transferring. Uh, does that end your mind? You've been from the West Coast, and he was like, I'm different. I'm different. <laughs> and you asked his dad about it, and I was like, wow. Okay, because, I mean, you didn't dodge the whole West Coast guys. Uh, yeah, had a few of them, you know, come and then go back and want to be closer to home. So that was – that kind of stood out, and we're not as—I'm not a huge recruiting guy like you. You got your finger on the pulse. Uh, that kind of jumped out, and then the fact you say him and his dad are both realistic. So you know, just props to you for being having that rapport with them, and then them just being fearless enough to know that hey, well we we saw that. You know, Johnny's a nice guy. I wish them the
5: best, but we coming. We are ready to get out the Lexington. So that was that was really cool. Yeah, that. That's why that's why I wanted to get his dad on because we we had, we built up such a good relationship and I know how much he knows he knows hoops I know you know he he he's just a good a good quote a good interview guy like that and you know I I, I talked to him a little bit about about the, the so those those Johnny Juzang rumblings have been happening since. Since January, we actually talked about it together at that at that hoop hall. Um, they died down a little bit at the end of the season, and then when they came back up, I kind of reached out to them. I was like, "Hey, man, have you have you heard anything more about this?" I was like, "Nah, not really," but you know, I still I, I know this was still something that was going on behind the scenes. Um, so I knew that they were comfortable talking about that situation in the first place. Um, and you know, you see on social media, you see I I kind of got tired of seeing these Kentucky fans. You know, I write a I write a post on. Devin ask you and Kentucky fans comment. Oh well, this is you know. Hope you guys enjoy him now because he's going to be transferring at the end of next year. You know all these Debbie Downers people. You know that that kind of stuff was driving me nuts. So I was like, you know what? I want I want this kid to give me a quote like that because I knew I I I knew his mentality. I knew anybody that's asked me, they're like, oh, do you think Devin's that that type of player? I'm like, no. I I promise you, talking about talking to him, you know, this wasn't a I got a Kentucky offer um I need to capitalize on it because you know kind of I kind of feel like Johnny Juzang was in that, that boat where you know he could have stayed on the west coast he could have done that but he gets that that blue blood offer in Kentucky and he kind of feels like oh well you know I kind of feel like I have to take up you know take take this opportunity I mean it's Kentucky and a lot of guys aren't built for that. I mean, I love Johnny. I I wish him the best. I think he's going to go somewhere and be a star. I you know, I I think he has some offensive tools that that you just. I mean, I think I think he he has the potential to be a not Devin Booker all star level, but a guy that can show off a Devin Booker like um, you know skill set at, at where at wherever he wants to go at the at, you know, wherever he transfers to, um, but. I knew that this was a guy that didn't commit to – that didn't go to Kentucky because of just the name brand. He wanted to go to Kentucky because he knew that that would be the best option for him to go to to, to make it the next level. He knew that he's going to go, go there and get coached up. He's going to go there and, and be with the best of the best, um, you know, training staff, strength coaches, all, all that stuff. He is built for that, for, for what Kentucky is. And that's why whenever any anybody's ever asked me about, do you, do you think Devin's gonna make it? I'm like, man, I, I promise you, point guard Calipari's ever had, but I promise you, he's gonna be a guy that that by the time his his time at Kentucky ends, it's gonna be the end to the NBA, not not via transfer.
1: Exactly, man. Thrifts appreciate all the time. I know I catch you a little bit long, Jack, but I gotta ask you one last thing before I let you go. Oh, you know me being a Hardy and whatnot, I got to at least ask what your thoughts are on Jaden and Omari, how you think that plays out. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about my, you know, distant cousins. If they, one or both, might end up being cats down the road.
5: Well, I unfortunately don't think Omari is going to end up at Kentucky. I think I think uh, the the initial rumblings were that, that Kentucky was going to reach out to him. Obviously, we Jaden's Jaden and they're going to, you know, do whatever it takes to get him locked up. And if it means getting his brother, absolutely. But I think um, when they kind of realize what Amari wants at his next school, uh, I think he's a he, he's going to be a – he wants to be a 30-minute minute per game type guy. He's going to want the ball in his hands. He wants to start. He wants to put up shots. And uh, I, I just don't know if Kentucky thought that was the best fit. Um, you know, if, if – they called him if they called UK tomorrow if he called UK tomorrow and said you know no i, I want to be here i want i want this moment and they're not going to say no to him but i just don't think that um you know when that option op- opened up i think they were high on on that possibility but i think as as it does, has settled a little bit they they're still exploring their options and and uh, seeing seeing what else is out there i've heard that he's he's leaning towards staying on the west coast um staying closer to home so i would bet against him coming to kentucky uh, but his brother, I, as far as I know, I, I think he's still all in on Kentucky. When I was out in Vegas for that, um, when, when Kentucky played out there just a couple months back, UK okay, went and, and practiced at his school. Um, his and, and his dad was there. He was there. And it was just one of those things that watching watching them watch Kentucky – was all you had to know to know? Okay, there's no there's no way this guy goes anywhere but Kentucky. I think there's there's been some rumblings that he might transfer high schools for his last for his last year, and you know some, some little stuff like that that might throw a wrench into things a little bit. Uh, but as, as far as I know, I think I think he is in love with Kentucky. He's in love with what the, what they bring to the table, and uh, and I, I would be shocked at this point if, if he wasn't included in, in Kentucky's 2021 recruiting class. And I mean for, for that's one. That's kind of my biggest takeaway with all of this coronavirus stuff and, and all that is that Coach Cal, Joel Justice, Tony Barbie, um, you know, Kenny Payne, they've done such a phenomenal job recruiting for not only this class. I mean, they, shoot, they've gotten six signees already when some schools, you know, Memphis, all those, they, they've struggled to get one. They've already gotten – 2020 knocked out for the most part. They've already established relationships with this 2021 and 2022 recruiting class that, you know, Jaden, I think, is is happening. I think Brandon Huntley-Hatfield, who's in 2022, I think he's reclassifying and and definitely going to Kentucky. I think Paolo Benchero, I think he comes in a great position for him. How they've been able to kind of build the foundation for next year's class amid all this stuff, I mean, I I think that is – that's where where is going to separate itself during this this time. There are some schools that are already set behind for this next class, let alone for the year after. And UK is already kind of yeah. knocking, knocking out all all three at the same time. So yeah, it's it's a it, you know Kentucky eats first. Tyler just just keep trusting yeah. trusting him, and, and uh, you're gonna work. That's, out that's right. It, that's
1: right. Man, Jack, man, I can't thank you enough for taking time out of the evening. Keep your a little bit longer, second one, a little bit fatter than I initially said, and you, you know, drop knowledge anyway. Uh, definitely, definitely appreciate it, man, and, and I always enjoy your work and seeing you on all the different shows you're on and all the stuff you're doing at KSR. Uh, maybe have to get you on again when we've, you know, had some games to talk about and some more normalcy back in our lives here in a few months or so.
5: Absolutely, man. Any Anytime was a lot of fun. I, I appreciate you guys.
1: Thank you, Jack. Hey, appreciate you, man. Yes, Thanks a lot, Jack. All right. Jack see Kusum, you, guys. KSR. Check him out. Jack, Kuhn, KSR. follow him on Twitter. Check out his work there. Check out the Sources Play podcast, too. We'll take us a quick break. Hour two is already rolling. Take us a quick break. Be back on the other side. We got Lee from Basketball Across the Bluegrass. Benny and Lee on the line. See you there. We'll get you on the other side. Lee, hang with us. A lot more fun stuff to go. Second hour, Cats Talk Wednesday. Benny Hardy, Terry Brown, Brown and Hardy Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com. We'll be right back, y'all. Bora, bora, when are snoring, through the
0: ups and the downs of the day, when you're home.
1: Radio network blog talk Fun first hour. Thanks again to Jack Pilgrim, of KSR, stopping by. us all that recruiting knowledge because he's up in there with sources. Can't host a podcast that's called Sources Say without having sources and knowing what's really going on. And he definitely does. Uh, shows brought to you by our sponsor, Smoky Mountain Trader. 5063 Suite 1 Western Drew Johnson Highway here in Morristown, Tennessee, where I'm at. 423 587 You got classifieds, you got graphic needs, you got advertising needs. You want to list an item, sell an item, trade an item, they can take care of all that. Lynn Earls, born and raised in Middlesbrough, he's a Kentucky fan just like we are. He's the publisher there. He's the guy you go in and talk to to get your ad listed in the trader you got classified so you can take care of all of it, go to thefmtrader.com, follow on Twitter and Facebook at F-M-K-Y-M-T-N Trader, Smoky Mountain Trader can take care of you. And if you want to look at health matters and feel better naturally, go to mydoterra.com slash Tara Hardy One, another way to look at ways to treat aches and pains, Uh-oh. an alternative To getting yourself feeling better when you have health, buffs and bruises that come along the way. So appreciate those sponsors bringing the show to us each and every week. helping us bring the show to you each and every week. Thanks again to Jack Pilgrim. TB, we got lots of cool stuff to talk about. Plenty tweeting about your boy Ray Allen. I got to get him up in this conversation before we end the evening because he is cutting up on Instagram. Uh, He ain't the least bit ashamed. But we got a caller on the line that joined us while Jack was still on. He's a friend of the show, been on the show. You and I have been on their show. We're talking about Lee Weglar's one-half of Basketball Across the Bluegrass with Benny and Lee. Every Sunday evening at 6 o'clock on Block Talk Radio. Lee, man, how goes
3: it? Guys, man, how are you guys doing? I I mean, I'm good. How, How are you guys holding up?
1: Doing
3: fantastic, yeah, hanging in there. Hey, I'm outside here just enjoying enjoying this day. It's a, it's a beautiful day in Kentucky. We're staying healthy at home. We're we're doing what Governor Bashir has requested, and we're living by it uh, vigilantly. And I uh, hope everybody else is too. And guys, I just want to say thank you so much for what you're doing. A great show so far, Jack Pilgrim. Man, he's got he's got so much information. You guys got a good one there, and you know, I'll say this and, and, and this is going to make my buddy Roger Harden mad and, and you guys know and I know you feel the same way, but I look at Roger Harden as a brother. I mean, we were the same age. He's like a brother to me and he he gets so mad at forecasting and looking ahead sometimes and I don't think he will so much now because the season's over. I mean, it, it's over in all essence. I mean, we're done and now we are on next year and you know, I think that and I'm going to go into defense of the average Kentucky fan, Big Blue Nation. And I don't think there's anything wrong with looking ahead. I think a lot of people want to forecast what we've got coming in and, and try to figure out what's going to happen and what we have coming in. And, 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 guys, we always want the best. We want these people to come back. We want these players to come back just for the fact that, you know, we all know experience pays a huge dividend in college basketball as far as any sport you know it it, it, as sad as it is to say we miss these guys and we don't like to see them leave too early and and none of us want to see these guys fail in their next step in their next chapter in their life in their careers but I, i think it's a huge problem and you know i don't know where they get the information from and i know cal's backing these guys but you know i mean to me I see the big picture, and I don't know – I don't think these guys always do see the big picture. You know, if I see a million dollars, you know, million-dollar signs versus, you know, a couple hundred thousand versus going overseas in Europe, I'm going for the big dollars, man. Yeah. You know, um,
1: it's just – I don't know, everybody – Everybody's gonna do what they do, regardless, you know, whatever situation they're in. So, uh. <laughs> and, and there's just there's there's so many moving parts when you're looking at roster construction.
2: You know, I, I think, and and I agree with a lot of what you're saying. Uh, Lee. I, I think the majority of of Kentucky fans, myself included, we're of a certain age. Vinny has already called me old. We have to get out of the 1980s, 1990s, 2000 mindset. Like, we, yeah, like we're absolutely. we're still we're still coming at that because right now in in today's world like we don't even get Jamal Mashburn for 2 years let alone the 3 we did, right? We don't get yeah. Tony Dell for his full 4 years. We've got to come no. to get out of that mindset. You know, we don't even get Ron Mercer back As a sophomore, you know you see guys that have really good tournaments, and you know, you know, uh, Ron had you know twenty points in that championship game in ninety six. A lot of guys see that and they leave, and the NBA says, "Okay, come on." So we we can talk about you know guys whether or not they're ready or not, in in college basketball and everything like that. But what has changed is the NBA has said, we are looking at potential. That was the NBA that said that. Like, they're they're not so much looking at what your resume is, they're trying to forecast out. So younger guys, guys guys from Europe, you know, uh, you know what I'm talking about. You know, during the draft, there's always that European guy that looks like the video was taken on, like, that 8-millimeter camera, and you're like, what yeah, is that? You
0: absolutely.
2: know, you know, there's, there's always those guys. Yeah. The NBA, the NBA said, "Hey, we're going to draft on potential." So that shift happened, and you get guys like Tayshawn Prince, who is as decorated as a guy that we have had at Kentucky. You know, he goes in the last part of the first round, and ends up being that missing piece that the Pistons needed more so than their number two overall pick, uh, Darko Milicic, right? So yeah. the NBA kind of had that shift. And so that's kind of changed how how people have to look at it, even if you're a, a, a you know in high school or, or a freshman. Everything is just different from the kind of the, the world that we're used to coming up in. And so guys, and, and, and one last thing, I know I'm ranting, is, you know, it's all about you can only make the best decisions based on the information you have right right I, I, that's something my, my dad always told me like you can't make the best decision if you don't know all the information like i can tell you hey lee i got this corvette for 100 bucks right now you might say hey a corvette for 100 bucks that's a good deal and i might <laughs> get you a You know, a die-cast model, Hot Wheels car, Corvette, right? So you've got to have all the information. The problem is, and and Vinny, I I want to talk about this too. When you watch that, I don't know if you all saw that documentary on HBO, The Scheme, talking about all the, the movers and the shakers with the FBI sting on college basketball. But it shined a light on All these guys are getting so much information, right? And even if you had a season that was more or less pedestrian, you know, if you've got somebody telling you, "Hey, I know you were just a ten point a game score, but you could be a first round guy," so I don't really blame the kids or the family. It's like you've got to understand where your information is coming from, because we've all seen these guys have really solid college careers leave too soon, leave when they probably shouldn't. And then they just kind of get lost in the shuffle, right? So right. I hope whatever decisions these kids make, they've got all the correct information they can have.
3: Yeah, and they should have. And mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, I'm not questioning John Calipari because you guys know I love Calipari. I think I'm oh, old yeah. of him. And what he's, what he's done is just, it's simply amazing. I think, and you're right, Terry, the times have changed. And yeah, we are old school. And we're not going to see these guys like Rick Roby and Kyle Macy and Jack Gibbons. But, but at the same time, you know, I, and, and Cal Perry's not going to tell us this, but I would love to know. I, I would love to actually hear, be the fly on the wall when he has these conversations with these players and just, you know, hear what he's telling them and, and, and really get the full information because I don't, we, we don't ever get the full Side of anything on that and you know the players right. I think at, at the end of the day it's it's the players decision and as we know John is coach Cal Perry is the players first coach so he's going to back his players and and I, and I think that's wonderful I think what he's doing is great and and I don't think there's a better coach at Kentucky but you know it's still hard to swallow and, and see these guys struggle in the G League and never make it and, and I'll go back to the Harrison twins and I thought you know they are very overlooked, and there are a lot of people in in Big Blue Nation that do not appreciate those two guys. And I tell you what, yep. great kids, great players, and I I think they left too soon. And you know, but but that's their decision they made it. And you know, it's one of those things that you just have to live with those decisions, and all you can do is learn from them and make better afterwards. You know, and and everybody does that in life. I've done that in life in manufacturing in my profession. So it's just one of those things that we've got to move past and get beyond. But I don't think there's anything wrong with forecasting, looking ahead. We're all excited about Kentucky basketball, and we want the best here. I mean, that's obvious. Absolutely,
2: and I would say when I when I say when I talk about the fan base as a whole, I'm not I'm I'm a fan myself, obviously. So I'm not trying to to castigate to put a bad light on the Big Blue Nation. Because Cal will tell you, two former players, they'll all tell you, the one constant in Kentucky basketball since Adolph Rupp were on the sidelines to right now, it's been the fans. You know, coaches come, coaches go, players come, players go, but it's been the fans. So that energy is what makes Kentucky basketball special, which talking about the fans, I don't know if you guys saw that Fox Sports poll. You know, everybody's doing a bracket. And they were doing yeah. a bracket on the best fans in in college basketball, and Kentucky was a two seed. And yeah. you know, I <laughs> as soon as I saw that, I paid no more attention because I'm like, I no, no. And even and even Andy Katz was like,
4: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, this isn't, yeah, yeah. So, but that 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 fire is what makes the Kentucky fan base so unique. So I'm right there with you. Uh, There's guys you'd like to have them come back, but at the end of the day, I wish those guys well that do leave, but I have full faith that Cal's going to put a pretty good team out year in and year out.
3: I do too, and I'm really excited about this year's year's recruits coming in, and and let's hope we have a season, you know, because there's just so much uncertainty right now, and and I'm not worried about John Calperi is going to do the best he can with that team, and that team, by the end of the season, as we all know, they will be competing with the best teams in the country if they aren't the best team in the country. and But, listen, guys, I, I appreciate so much what you do, and I wanted to call in tonight because Benny called in on a Sunday, and we had a good time, and, and I love you guys. You are my brothers from other mothers, and uh, and, and wish you well. And, and tell you guys, I love you. And me and, Vin, me and Benny, we're, we're, all right, so – that let me talk about this for a second I, and I don't don't let me take up too much of your time because if I'm I'm all going up your show you just run me off because I'm cool with that but you saw my music I was playing today I'm getting ready to put the spinners on next and, and when we get there to that to that we're, we're, we're talking some business but so this horse game we, we've already ruled that out we're going to be playing two on two and I think uh, David Sisk is coming in I think we're going to end up having a full court game I think we're going to have five on five before it's all said and done and I tell you what, I still want to know—are we picking teams or what? Because I, I, I want you two on my team. I don't care what you, what your vertical is now. I, I saw what you had in the past, and I'm okay with that. Hey,
2: hey TB gets buckets. I hey, we get
3: buckets. <laughs> I still, I still no way. Weigh. I, I
2: I'm, I'm gonna get my buckets, man. <laughs> I, I'm like, I'm like Kobe. I'm shooting six for twenty-four. I'm gonna keep shooting because I got that Mamba mentality, baby.
0: You know,
3: you gotta that, do it. that would be so much fun. Honestly, we'd be hurting so bad the next day. That's what I said. We'll be healing we'll be dunking our donuts and our coffee the next morning talk about how bad we hurt.
1: That's right. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely, man. Yeah, we have to get it. We have to when, you know, everybody's able to not have to worry about distance again when 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 good health prevails, we have to we have to get that you know, find a court
3: somewhere and, and get that done. Yeah, maybe even Rupp Arena. I'll take Memorial at this time. I, I'm serious. And there's not too many people using it right now. I don't know. that. I doubt they'd let us in, though. <laughs>
1: yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. check on we'll.
3: that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Guys, thank you. Red you all have a great you. night. And I'm going to listen rest of your show. You have a good night, and then we'll talk to you soon. Hey,
1: appreciate, appreciate it. it. hope
3: you have a good <laughs> show Sunday, too, Lee. Appreciate it. Hey, call in anytime, guys. We welcome you always with open arms, okay? All I right.
1: I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. That is Lee Weglars, co-host, Basketball Across the Bluegrass with Benny and Lee. Both of those dudes have been on the show. Both of them have called in. I just kind of popped in on them Sunday. Uh They had Travis Ford on at the start of the show. I was kind of towards the end. uh, Popped on and hopped on and and chatted with him for just a little bit. Um, Always fun having those guys call in, and they're doing their thing, too, as well. Um, I don't know if you saw this on yesterday. NBA Central tweeted it out because, you know, the little random stuff we've been doing, a little fun we've been having. I'm going to tweet it out now on my account, and the Cat Talk Wednesday account. But it's got 12 dudes, one guy representing each month of the year, and then you've got 31 guys on the other side representing, you know, each day of whatever particular month. It says you have to create a podcast with the two people that land on your birthday, and it is for January, Shaq, February, Stephen A. Smith, March, LeBron, James. April, Richard Jefferson, May, Stephen Jackson, back in the Spurs days. And Pacers, June, D. Wade, July, Gilbert Arenas, August, Matt Barnes, September, Kevin Durant, October, Russell Westbrook, November, Charles Barkley, and December, um, it's a great freak, Giannis Antetokounmpo. And then there's, you know, like the first day of the month is Ron Artest, and you can go through and pick your month, and your day, and see who you come up with, and that's your two podcast partners. And depending on personalities, you have a great podcast, or if it's two quiet guys, you would struggle to have anything hitting the airwaves. So uh, I'll retweet that now. I don't know if you saw it or not, but what yours is, you're the same as my grandfather. you August the 5th, right? That's correct. That is the same yeah, day. I saw as, that.
2: It's Matt Barnes. My dad's dad is, was born. Uh, yeah, it's Matt Barnes. I forgot who the other person is. There's been so much of that, you know, because you can tell America that. is co- is collectively bored, right? Yeah. America, because it's always pick three. of, You know, you got to only pick <laughs> three of whatever. What table are you sitting at? There's, you know, there's so much. Uh, <laughs> there's, there's, you know, we're collectively just coming out With these things uh, every day uh, You know, without sports and, and honestly, without like You know, there's no movies You can't go to the movies So we're kind of, uh, you know, hampered in that respect as well So uh, I, I enjoy those kinds of things I would talk with Matt Barnes He's got a, was it, the Up and Smoke podcast? Is that uh, was, is the name of it? Smoke, yeah all the, all, smoke, the smoke all the smoke. That's, with the him smoke. And, uh, that's cheap. Yeah. Up in smoke is Him cheap and Steven Jones. Jackson. So, uh, all the smoke. Yeah. And so they're. They
1: ain't they're, far they're behind
2: Jones. Yeah, I know. I know. You know everybody, <laughs>
1: everybody got a little
2: something they like to dip their <laughs> pinky into, but. Uh, uh, you
4: know. <laughs> it's uh, Matt
1: Barnes and <laughs> Steven Jackson. Yeah, all the smoke, for sure. So you got a, that's pretty good. And for you, all fifth would to be Matt Barnes and. Fifth is Allen Iverson So that's, you know, TV, Matt
2: Barnes, Allen Iverson That would be pretty good Allen Iverson's podcast Uh, I'm trying to think I can't think of the name of the podcast I'm about to look it up But Allen Iverson is way more thoughtful Than I think we give him credit for Like, we see the tattoos And the cornrows and some of the bad behavior But Allen Iverson gets it he he gets it. I'm I'm sorry I cut you off, but I just I was just throwing that out there. Oh
1: yeah, yeah. For mine, November third would be Charles Barkley and former Lakers Swaggy P. So that would be something else too. <laughs> so it, and look, it could have been. I saw some people in the comments that had gotten, um, like Giannis and Kawhi like, you know, two of the quietest dudes ever, so, like, December, it's like December 27th, so they would have a struggle to even have words said, you know, for those people, so we we all got personalities galore uh, on ours, so like you said, America's bored, and that's just some fun little hypothetical what-ifs, and you just, you know, put all these names together, and Pull out your birthday and see who you get.
2: Exactly, exactly. I'ma I'm a i I'm am I'm gonna send that out send that out myself. But yeah, but Alan Iverson, I mean, he's uh he's just an interesting figure when you look at when you look at figures. He was, you know, at his peak uh for what he did at his size, generously listed at six foot and and do and got <laughs> do got buckets. And not only that, but he is like the least bitter old dude. Like when you see some of the former stars, a lot of the guys that look back, you know, they're or or look at the current guys today, it's kinda that they'll give you the backhanded compliment and all this kind of stuff. But Mm obviously like like he gets embraced by the stars today because he embraces them. You know, and I think that's a that's 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 different. Uh we don't usually see he you know Alan Robinson he keeps it real. Rightly or wrongly, to his detriment or not, AI, you know, he Boom. just keeps it real and that's that's his that's definitely his appeal. So um I, I did want to say, I don't know, did you see the the scheme that, that documentary on HBO about Christian Dawkins
1: and all that kind of stuff? Did you see that? I didn't. I heard a lot about it, but I hadn't I didn't see it. With the real weight and all that. Yeah, here's
2: my two cents. I don't know how Will Wade still got a job. Like, I I thought the case the government had was a little shaky, but there's Will Wade on tape talking about, I'm taking care of a guy. So in my limited (laughs) knowledge, you say I'm going to take care of somebody. Either it's it's in a mafia movie. I'm going to take him out. I'm going to kill this person. Or – if you're the head coach at a big-time school, I'm going to take care of somebody. Like, we know what that means, okay? Like, <laughs> that – that I don't know how that – but my first impression was, I., this is what you're doing. Like, this whole thing operation, this is what you're doing. Like, I didn't really pay attention – to when all the reports come out, I'm like, you know, let me see what happens, you know. And then some of the guys got a couple of months, and one guy maybe got a year or so. And I'm like, all that fanfare, and for what? Because you remember that press conference they had, we've got your playbook, we know what you're doing, And and the guy just had all kinds of puns, like, we're blocking your shot, and we're... I'm like, oh, okay, when you say that... Like, if you're a prosecutor and you say that at a press conference, man, you've got to have not just one smoking gun, you've got to have like three smoking guns. Like, you've got to have tapes on top of tapes on top of tapes. And when it came yeah. down to the trial, they didn't have even. <laughs> and the whole argument was that these middlemen, these shoe companies, executives, they were defrauding the university. That's that was and and the university is their public institution. That was their that was the whole angle. That the shoe companies were defrauding. like and, and and I I think it was Christian Dawkins the lawyer saying, how does that work? Adidas gives uh Kansas two hundred million dollar contract to outfit all its teams how then is Adidas attempting to defraud Kansas like what the argument that the (laughs) government was making made no sense and so uh, they were able to get guys on like low level things but it, it, it was a whole lot of noise and fury but there was nothing at the end of the day wow the best quotes were involving Louisville, uh, Christian Dawkins said, and dealing with Louisville, he's like, if you can survive a blank scandal, you can survive some money." And I thought that was a quote. And basically his whole thing was about Louisville, like anything goes there. Like it was just nice to see somebody, and I know he's not the perfect, Role model and, and and citizen, all that kind of stuff. But you, for everything that they say about our program, to have somebody else say about their program, I chuckled uh, at at that. But uh, you know, it was just a lot of time and money wasted on something mm. that was really in, inconsequential at the end of the day.
1: Man, Lord have mercy! Mm-mm. Everybody thought a knockout punch was coming, and nope. And you think if you're LSU, you feel LSG, might as well write it out. And Sean Miller, write it out. If this is all they got, <laughs> just keep rolling. Yeah, but 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 the Will Way. I mean, it was. It, I mean, they they
2: played the excerpt, and it's just now. I I think at the end of it, I think the government pulled back a little bit, and uh, Christian Dawkins again. He was found guilty, so. How credible is he? But he was saying there's more tapes of other coaches out there. Government just hasn't released. So Ooh, okay. you know, yeah. So that that that's out there. But from what I saw, I mean, look, we no one is naive enough to believe college basketball recruiting is always on the up and up. Okay, like, like I I, I understand, and I don't fault these guys. I, I think the NCA I don't want to go open up that Pandora's box tonight, but I think they need to look at how they compensate because not compensating at all leads to these black market kind of deals. Like you create that, so uh, I'm not naive enough to believe everything's all hunky dory across the board. But uh, I, I just thought it was a lot, and it was like the government was trying to prosecute you know stuff against the NCA rulebook. You know that's not a crime. You know, a booster giving a kid a hundred dollar handshake—that's not a crime. Like, that's, there's, there's nothing criminal about it. It's against the A rules, but there's no there's no statute against that. You know, so yeah. that's that's mm-hmm. my takeaway uh, on that. Yeah. Yep. You know, so that's.
1: You know, we'll we'll see what happens is this, <laughs> this stuff continues. You know, Louisville, North Carolina, LSU has on a Kansas. You know, we we'll see what or if anything transpires. Um, whenever the NCA decides or the FBI decides, or you know, but yeah, I, I missed the scheme, but you know, glad to get the Cliff notes from you about what took place on the home box office network. Man, we got to get to the last few minutes like a couple weeks ago we were talking about you know Kenny Rogers passing and now we had last Friday Bill Withers who passed also at age 81 who most of his work before a, a lot before we were born some when we were still little but you and I both know all about him uh which says a lot about him as a musician, you know, the staying power of the songs he put out. You know, early 70s, got famous, didn't even really think he was famous. The whole business of music, he couldn't care less about it. Did well, and just kind of faded on out. Uh, His last album was, you know, we were seven. 1985 was the last album he did. Um, there were articles where he was going to restaurants and there were people talking about him and thought he was dead because uh, he just kind of laid low for a lot of years. I remember the one picture that, that stood out to me. I told you about it a couple years ago. He was at Staples Center. I don't know if it was Elgin Baylor getting a statue or what, but it was like Bill Withers, Elgin Baylor, Shaq, Kobe, Kareem. Like Bill Withers and like all the Lakers legends were just standing outside of Staples for a picture. <laughs> And uh, it was one of the coolest pictures ever. Um, but then there was Bill Withers right there with him. All the hits, I mean, the Galeno Me, Just the Two of Us, Grandma's Hands, Use Me, Ain't No Sunshine, all the stuff that everybody knows, the greatest hits. You know, like I said, his last album came out when I was seven. But when I was like 17 to 18 and getting my little Columbia House CD membership, I bought a greatest hits Bill Withers CD. I made sure to have that. Um, It's just, you know, wrote a little piece for JustTheCast.com. When Bill Withers was playing, nobody was complaining. Your grandparents, your parents, you, everybody was fine with Bill Withers' song coming on. The remake Club Nouveau did in 86. I was in third grade. I don't know if that's the first song I remember being remade or not. I'm trying to think. Hmm. But I loved it just because they did build intro before they changed it and did their own version of it. Um, you know, my son last night was playing Leo Me" on the keyboard. Uh, and my wife and mother in law and brother in law were all singing singing to it. I posted that today. So it just, you know, you have Kenny and him, and, and look, the John Prine guy passed away. I wasn't really that knowledgeable of him, but he's got songs about Kentucky, and he had ties to Muhlenberg County, and, and he was passed away with coronavirus complications, so just a lot of big musicians up in age and have you know passed away, and that enemy that death is, uh, you just hate to see it, but I know you got Bill Withers, I know you grew up with him, I know Mama B probably played him, Mr. Brown probably oh, played yeah. him, I know you You remember the same way that I do, me and my sister do. You
2: know, when when, when he hit that, uh, you know, Ain't No Sunshine, he hit that little bridge with the I know, I know, I know. I mean, look, the one thing we 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 talk about all these musicians, and, and, and again, you know, some people, oh, you didn't know Bill Withers. But, you know, you leave, when you do something and you leave a legacy like that behind, That's important, I think, and people can grieve that. When you have a song that's not just popular, but a song that you can feel in your bones. Like, there are songs I like and there are songs that I just feel. And Ain't No Sunshine When She's Gone, that's a song like, you can, like, I'm not going to say it right, but you can feel that song. Like, that's a man, he is missing his woman. Like, he's he missing that woman. Like, I don't know the context. You know, is she on vacation? Is she just at work? Or did, did they did they break up and get her? Like, I don't know. I just know at that moment, that man, when he's singing that song, he's missing that woman. And I, I think when you talk to a lot of folks about Bill Withers, A lot of his songs, you felt that song, but you felt them. Not so much you liked them, even though you did. Not so much they were good songs and and the the chords hit just right. The arrangements were just right. But a lot of his songs, you could just feel, even lean on me. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. just lean on me. Like, look, whatever we got going on, lean on me. Like, Like, they're just songs that you feel. And and Bill Withers, again, didn't get caught up in the 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 showiness of the music industry, and a lot of that has to do with, you know, the '80s became the very flashy, shallow kinds of things, right? You remember, uh, mm-hmm. uh, long about, you know, '83, '84, '85, MTV is a thing, so people that weren't photogenic or interested in becoming photogenic got forgotten about, right? Like we, we had, we we forgot about a lot of those trailblazers from the sixties and seventies. And, and we focused more on this, 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 the, the, the new stuff. Like I remember jamming out to club nouveau's lean on me and my dad saying, whoa, yeah. whoa, 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 wait a minute now. You got to put this on. Let me put this LP record on so you can understand <laughs> uh you know MC Hammer on uh please Hammer don't hurt Hurt uh had have, uh, have you seen her as a cover when yeah. he was kind of rapping over yeah. there. Somebody said, "Whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute now. No, no, no. <laughs> you got to hear this." Right? So yeah. uh, so so folks that weren't into the video part of it just simply got overlooked and, and got forgotten about. And we've kind of come around on that, but your Bill Withers, you know, folks of the seventies, you know, uh, Lee was talking about the spinners. Come on with it now, man. Ooh. You know, in, in the seventies, mm-hmm. that's, that's what I like about the seventies music. A lot of those songs, you could just, you could just feel them. Uh, I, you no. know, I'm thinking about the Manhattan's Let's just kiss and say goodbye Oh my goodness no. You know, that's a song like <laughs> Songs that just, look, I don't know the circumstances But this, it, you, you felt something They could do something But when we transitioned to the 80s And it just, you lost a lot of that So
0: See, All that said that I was. They, I,
1: uh-huh. yeah, go ahead, go ahead, man go ahead.
2: Now, all that to say, uh, you know, uh Bill Withers is gonna be missed. He's got that lasting legacy. You know, if you have just one song that you can leave the world like that, but he's got a catalog. Even with him kind of doing the Barry Sanders thing and be like, I'm out. Like, I think he could have <laughs> rolled that eighties wave and and rolled that nineties wave, but he's like, I'm out. I'm I'm done with that. I'm 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 mm-hmm. through with it. That to me, yeah. that's 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 special too. You know, a lot of people we see they hang on, they do tour after tour. Like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But for for somebody to have that kind of, I mean, his career is just unique. Like he wasn't supposed to have a hit song. He had a bunch of hit songs. Right. Out. That's yeah. Th- there's
1: something to be said for that. Like he was working, I don't know if it was a, a machine shop or some kind of factory up in Harlem, and would go out and see people performing, and you know he's breaking his neck and you know trying to make ends meet, and like well I can play this guitar a little bit, I can sing, and that's kind of like he just stumbled into what he did musically, and next thing you know it was just like just famous overnight. Uh, and then, like you said, look, I don't, I don't want to get into all the glitz and glamour and, and fooling with these record labels and trying to get taken advantage of. And uh, all right, I cranked out a ton of stuff. Now I'm done. Um, so yeah, it, it is. It was really unique, uh, for sure. And and like I said, I don't know, two episodes back. Look, think how many songs there are out there that. You know, you'd like that we never heard, like stuff from the seventies. We don't know, we don't know every single song. You know, there's stuff that our parents didn't play or we didn't hear, but there's stuff on like Bill's first two albums. Even if you got his greatest hits, even if you know all of his catalog, there was stuff on that first two. Cause I like just let it play today, like on Spotify or YouTube or something. And there was stuff on those first albums I never heard before, and it was just as good as the stuff. That you know I'm like man see there's, there's the, You don't know what you don't like Because you've never heard it before But Bill's got a lot well, of that too
2: And that was the change As well Like in the 80s I think For and Here we are talking about music But up until that The artists weren't Just trying to make a, a hit Song it was the albums told a story, like there was a flow to the albums, right? But it broke down into, uh, you know, in the 80s and the 90s, where it just just one just, you know, you started focusing on that just that one track. You know, I know there was a lot of groups when oh iTunes God. first came out that said, look, you got to buy the whole album. Like we're not selling our songs individually. Because the you know the album told a cohesive story, like you could put it on and it could just. They tried to make an album full of hits, right? I, I think that got got lost in the music industry where you're like, okay, we're gonna have two or three hits on this one, but we're gonna throw some other tracks on there. Up until the '80s, right. there weren't tracks that they just threw on there. There, yeah, there might have been tracks that didn't blow up, but there were, but you know, we we talked about when Prince, the joy of Prince is you can come up with your 10 hit songs, I have come up with my 10 hit songs or favorite songs of Prince, 10 totally different songs or 20 totally different songs and both be right, right? Because he came hard from beginning to end on every album. And I'm you know, i not saying they don't do that anymore, but I'm saying there was a different era back then. You know, that's my old man rant of
1: the day. Yeah, and I... I got in a, it's not not an argument, just a back and forth with our buddy Memphis Spence because, you know, he was talking about the 80s, like the best decade the 80s was the best. And I really like the 70s because that's kind of, you know, your parents' heyday, stuff you grew up on. And I really like the 90s, of course, because, you know, it's when you're a teenager and kind of figuring out what you like yourself. And... The 80s, I just wasn't really that high on them. Like, the the early first part of the 80s was cool, but to me, that's because they still sound like the 70s. The late 80s was cool because it was starting to sound like the 90s, but the the middle, the heart of the 80s, I didn't really care for it. Like you said, it kind of got glitzy and flashy. I think everybody just got over-infatuated with the synthesizers and just they just doing too much. Yeah. Uh, he kept he kept coming back with Thriller, but Thriller, man, Thriller, Thriller. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, but, you know, look at Aretha that's in the, the 80s outliers. compared to the 60s and 70s. James Brown in the 80s compared to the 60s and the 70s. You know, they they kind of just melded in in the, in the 80s compared to the 60s and 70s stuff. So uh, that's kind of where I was at. Uh, I, thriller is maybe an outlier, like you said. Uh, Prince had some good stuff in the 80s, but I think his 70s and 90s stuff was better. Uh, I think TB's call just dropped. I don't know if we'll get him back or not, but we did run a little bit long with the episode. Had a ton of fun. Uh, If TB isn't able to jump back in, we'll end this episode. Thanks a bunch to Jack Pilgrim for hopping on uh, from KSR, dropping knowledge on recruiting. events he's covered, coaches he's talked with, lots of insight on current and future Kentucky players. Lee Weglars for calling in. Have fun talking from basketball and through music with Lee. Uh, Catch them on Sundays on Block Radio, Basketball Across the Bluegrass with Benny and Lee. Appreciate them and everything that they do. So cool hearing Lee call in. Uh, we'll do this again next week and have a lot of fun. I still got some Bill Walsh stuff that I keep teasing, but we still don't have any sports, so I will just let it ride on over till next week as well. But enjoyed it, TB. Your call drops. Sorry about that, but we'll get you next week. Appreciate you bringing all your knowledge to the show. Appreciate everybody listening as well. This has been another episode of Cast Talk Wednesday, right Hardy Radio Network at BlockTalkRadio.com. We'll see y'all next week and we'll do it all again. Have a good night, everybody.